Hello and welcome to Movie Buffs, a show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Shani B. You can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. And I'm your other host, Cisco, a.k.a. Misfit Minded. And you can find me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit and my movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Okay. So obviously before we start, let's talk about movies we've watched before because I have been waiting for you to see Top Gun so we can talk about it. So obviously tell me everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I loved it. I've been talking about it all week. Um, trying to convince people that haven't seen it to go see it. And then, you know, even the people that have seen it, I've been just geeking out, you know, about it with them about just, I mean, it was incredible. Like, seriously, I don't know what my expectations were. Like I told you, I think when we talked about the, you know, it last week about like kind of what my hope was about what it would be and um, just kind of the vibes that people were, were giving off about like, you know, in their reviews and stuff. And like, I, I think it's still like exceeded like any hope I had for it. <laughs> it was just, right. I can't stress enough, like how it's like 30 years later. It has like so much going against it. You know what I'm saying? Like 30 years later, the first movie is not great. Like by any means, it's super (laughs) cheesy. It's like so 80s. It's like, how do you make a sequel just off of something that's that specific? Um, You know, Val Kilmer, you know, is dealing with illness. And, you know, how how do you respect his character? How do you respect, you know, Goose and bring in these new characters? And... I just think on like every front, they just nailed it. They just nailed it. And like, you know, the flying scenes in particular were just like my, you know, I I felt like I was on a roller coaster. You know what I mean? Like where it was just like you could feel every maneuver you you were you were in the cockpit like with them. And, um, you know, like I think you had you had texted me too, like there like about some of the cheesy parts. And I was like, you know, but. If that's how you respect the first the first one is cheesy as hell so like i feel that's like right. in honoring top gun there had to be some of those cheesy you know volleyball beach scenes the <laughs> funniest like non-sex scene of like in the sequel too just like in the first one like perfect they, just, they, they understood the assignment and like yeah it was it was definitely for me it was so perfect and um you know just the musical cues and Anytime there was like some low hanging fruit, I was expecting them to go, you know, like some of these uh, reboots do, they, they, they went the other way. They went like more respectful than it even deserved to be. (laughs) So (laughs) Tom Cruise being a producer really probably helped because he was calling the shots and, and, and Bruckheimer too. But uh, I mean, he's the fact that they, they did not succumb to, you know, I'm sure like Netflix and all these other streamers were offering them millions and millions of dollars to yeah. put it on one of their platforms. And he was like, absolutely not. I will wait however many years it takes for people to see <laughs> the theaters. Like, I just respect the balls. So glad. He really is a real life maverick. He <laughs> he really is. A, he does. He is a real life Ethan Hunt. He is a real life maverick and he will do whatever it takes to save movies. And I just I love the guy for how seriously he takes movies because that's how I am in real life. Oh, so. <laughs> same. 
Yeah. Same. What about you though? I got to respect it. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. I, I knew you would because after talking about the original last week, it's sort of like the things that don't translate from the 80s. They were able to find a way to to bring them into the present tense and and still talk about the same things, but with a modern audience. And I feel like that's such a hard thing to do. I can't believe they were able to do it. And yeah, that I could be so moved by this movie without really, I guess, without really expecting it. I I thought it would be kind of just like the original where it's a powerful story, but, you know, I, I didn't get too sweeped up into it. And seeing this one on IMAX with those fucking stunts, it was, it, it feels like you're in the planes, you know? It was just, it was everything Tony Scott Hans, wanted uh, to try and do even better. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, the score, the, best, the sound design, the right mixing. Now. It better win every Oscar. Like it better win all the Oscars. I mean, people are people are like, you know, it's super early to be talking about next year's Oscars, but like, just saying that, like, you know, it's not impossible. Like, there have been nope. blockbusters that, you know, have, and I, you know, I was thinking about last year. Like, Dune was my mm-hmm. favorite blockbuster last year, and that took home at least all the technical stuff. You know, what I mean, it took home like a lot yep. of Oscars. So. At the very minimum, Top Gun 2 deserves all of the, the same type of awards <laughs> because the, I don't think there's going to be another movie that comes this year. And even I said in like the last couple years, I don't remember just being this blown away by stunts and action like since uh, it's been a long it's been years. Like I, I don't remember the last movie right. that, in a movie in a movie theater that I mean, I guess Dune would probably be the last one. but. Uh, it's just before that like it's just something different entirely you know totally totally yeah and i think this movie is exactly an example for why there needs to be some kind of recognition for stunt work at the oscars you know the, the things they're doing in this movie are amazing and that is a testament to bruckheimer and his you know streak in action films really blowing shit up and like really doing stunts and i just appreciate that this movie is holding it down because if you think about it the computer can never make something look as real as the real life thing until we have it on camera it's like all the stunts tom cruise shot in this movie we're gonna see make it into all these other movies as computer generated stunts and that's because of tom cruise he should be winning an oscar for that i mean it was like and i'm not even a huge like i would say like you know it, it's hard for me to make like dog fights look you know realistic and yeah it's just it's not it's not something that's like inherently like cinematic you know what i mean like especially if you if you do do it all digitally it's just mm-hmm. very hard for me to feel like i'm in the air without like you know trickery or like to feel that i'm not it's not actually really happening right. um, there's been a couple movies like you know dunkirk i would say that that so good was like one had some really good like aerial scenes and but yeah it's just not it's not one that like i would say is like in my top like action you know movies or whatever but like this one definitely i feel like set the bar like really high moving forward that like not only was it just like you know you know cameras on the planes but it was like you're they actually were flying those planes like you could you can see you can see the gravity like on their fate and they talk about that too that like 
mm-hmm. you know, when you go, that's a whole plot of the of movie, like a, of the movie where, you know, when you go so fast, your body is pushing up against gravity and you can pass out and like, it's a very real possibility you can pass out. And you, you see that on their performances. Like, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so incredible. I'm so glad you you got to see it and we could talk about it because oh, it's so good. And anyone listening, please go see it if you haven't or just go see it again. Like it's worth it's it. It's breaking box office records too. I think I think they said Hell it's Tom yeah. Cruise's highest, highest grossing movie of his career, his whole career. Damn. Yeah. Considering the missions, that's actually kind of amazing because the missions do so well at this stage in his career too. So dang. It, I don't know no what it like is him. that captured that captured audiences. Like maybe because there really isn't any competition with this type of movie right now, or I don't know. Very um, true. Yeah, like we we're spoiled and we get to talk about great action movies that exist in, you know, generations where action was like the main thing. And we got to thank Tom Cruise for like still holding it down because the best action movies of, you know, the present time, they seem to be ones he either produces or stars in. And I guess we need more of that. I need more action movies. So the fact that this one's doing so well only means better action movies. And the and the fact that like they just dropped the trailer for the next Mission Impossible too, like he's still making Mission Impossible movies, and Dude, I'm sure there's gonna so be sequel ideas for for another Top Gun too, because you know when they make so much money, you know that's the first thing that Top Gun three, you know Top Gun well, maybe with the with the new cast, you know I love the new cast too. That's what I, you know some people were. It's true. Were, I you know were kind of telling me like how much they don't like Tom Cruise, which is like, that's, that's fair, you know, personally, I know with his Scientology stuff, like that, that's kind of a deal, deal breaker for some people, but I've been telling them too, the new cast equally great. I loved all the new cast, like Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Ed Harris in there for one scene, like all of them, all of them were, were so good equally as good um in their in their screen time so um yeah so if even if there's a lot else to like too totally and at the very least all these guys that were in that movie there's like at least 12 new action stars if if they want to because everybody in that movie was awesome and i want to see all of them keep kicking ass and doing crazy stunts wherever they want to (laughs) go yeah exactly same same Ugh. Yeah, and I, I I know we uh we were just talking like before we started recording too that we still want to see uh men and crimes of the future uh which yeah it's like those are the two some extremely weird sci-fi horror movies that have come out recently and so hopefully this week I can I can see men just because you know I like supporting yeah. uh you know Alex Garland and hell those yeah those smaller A twenty four movies so uh. I know like, you know, this this week I was checking the the show times and it was like only a couple every day. And I was like, OK, I got I got to go in this week. Otherwise, I'm going to it's it's going to be too late. So they're going to take it. Yeah, they're going to pull it. it yeah. It's already left the theater I go to, which is so random because oh, wow. they usually yeah. leave the art house movies in for a long time. But it's because Top Gun is at the art house theater. <laughs> Even the art house theater is like, we got to get some of that Top Gun money. <laughs> Yeah, my my grandma said the same thing. She said she saw it too at this art house theater, and she's like, "I'm surprised they even showed it there." <laughs> it's so like, awesome. Hey, I mean, it's it's capturing all audiences, okay? Not just not just the general audiences, like even the art house people. Audiences, um, because, uh, yeah. 
I would also yeah. recommend too the one last thing about Top Gun Two. Uh, if you haven't seen the director, uh, I think Joseph Kaczynski, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he one of his pre he's done a he's done a couple time crew. He did uh, Oblivion, which I have not Ooh, seen. I like that. I heard. Okay, yeah, and uh, he did uh, Top Gun uh, or Top Gun. Um, Tron, Tron 2, Tron Legacy. Ooh, Tron uh, Legacy. Yeah. Okay. But my favorite of, so I, that was, okay. I, I thought that was okay. But like my favorite of his previous movies that I, I've been recommending to people too, if you like uh, Top Gun 2, is uh, Only the Brave, which came out like 2017. I don't know if you've seen this. Was uh, it a Chris Hemsworth uh, movie? Tell me about mm-hmm. it. It's uh Miles Teller's in it. He's like one of the the leads. Um and the cast is another another big cast. Um Josh Brolin. There's a it's based on a true story of these like forest uh fighters that put out the fires. Oh uh, shit. And it's I mean, it was like it's one of the most underrated movies I feel like of the last couple years because like everyone I tell it about, they've never seen it. But anyone who who I, I do talk about it with and they have seen it. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. Everyone, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's an amazing movie." And I'm like, "Yes, I know." Like, I don't know why it, it didn't do better at the box office or, you know, more Whatever. people. It, but I, w- I was blown away by it. Um, I saw it in the theater in 2017, whenever that that it came out, and uh, I was I was like, "Wow, why is no one? I do not see anyone talking about this movie." <laughs> it was great. It was, Damn. Like, it was a great movie. Yeah, I got to see that. I remember when it was coming out, but that's the weird thing is that for a little while there, action movies were sort of always being relegated into this like B space rather than into the box office front space, unless they were Marvel, you know, and sort of superhero driven. So there's something kind of cool about, you know, obviously I don't love like military propaganda as like a thing, but I do like it when it's done well in an action movie. So I I got to go back and see that because I'm like hungry for these kinds of action movies because of Top Gun and man, Miles Teller for life. He's everywhere I want to be. If it, I was saying too, it's been a while since he's been in something, um, but he's, you know, a, a reminder that he's just as good. He never, you know, he, there's no nope. drop off. He's good in, never. in Top Gun 2. And people worried about the politics of uh, <laughs> Top Gun 2. Um, it Just like the first one, it is the most apolitical movie like ever, you know, other than, you know, kind of being recruitment yep. for the for the Navy or whatever. Like, exactly. Uh, there's no the the bad the bad guys are nameless in part two, just like they are in part one. Uh, you know, they're they're not calling out anybody. And uh, yeah, it's it's more about Maverick being a relic of the past and how he's wrestling in the new age of, you know, the the, the program, the Top Gun program. So. I thought yep. they did a really good job with that because and like and like Cobra Kai, which I, I remember I told you I've seen it compared That's to right. same thing. Uh, you know, uh, Billy Zapka, you know, being the protagonist in his own story in mm-hmm. uh, you know in the new one, and kind of Daniel having to be humbled you know in, in the new one like it's just you just got to find a that's what I, I I wish for all these reboots and stuff like you just got to find a new perspective, a new twist on the story and to make it interesting you know like and, and the ones that just recycle the same shit like we we can see we know we know yeah. that what you're doing what you're doing and you're doing the bare minimum and you know those ones yeah. are not and the test of time you know in 10 20 years but the ones like top gun 2 that actually take a chance and and do something different and while respecting the original those are the ones i feel like that are going to be 
you know, in the conversation moving forward. So. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I completely agree with, with everything that you said. And I, I am interested to see how this informs their, them making sequels going forward and, you know, them rebooting properties. Like I'm definitely interested to see what this does because we've been rebooting properties for, God, for 20 years. I feel like in the early 2000s, we started rebooting things from the 80s. So shit, you know, like, I don't know what this means for reboots. Like it, because this is so good, does it mean that like we'll get requels will there, where they'll just start awakening worlds rather than trying to like start the worlds over? I don't know. It's like probably another conversation, but Top Gun gets me excited about all of it. So <laughs> I can't yeah. help it. Well, one, okay, what, what, one last thing, because this just broke like maybe an hour or two ago that uh, Nev Campbell not returning for Scream 6. I don't That's know if okay. you saw that. It's all right. I didn't see it, but I was waiting for confirmation about what was going to happen there. And that's OK. That's OK. Right. We need to find a way to let her go so that Jamie Lee Curtis style when she's like 60 or whatever, she can cut back around again if she wants. That See, that's what that's where I'm at, too, because like, I don't know, there's so, some pe- like some reports say that it was because they didn't offer her like enough money and stuff like that, which if if that's true, that's kind of bogus. But at the same yeah. time, I'm with you. Like they set it up perfectly in the last scream that, like, you know, she has a perfect button ending already, and if she chooses to be in it, like probably in a cameo capacity, is what I even was thinking in six. Like that's kind of where my mm-hmm. head was going. Like it wouldn't make sense for her. They they've done Ghostface versus uh you know, versus uh, whatever Nev Campbell, like five times already. <laughs> it's like, yeah, where else, yeah, where I mean, else can you go? Where else can you go from here? I feel like it's pretty, it's pretty exhausted at this point. So I'm, I'm totally. okay with, it, you know, which, you know, might yeah, be I feel like some horror fans, but you just, you do have to move on at a certain point. You really do. Exactly. Exactly. It's not sacrilege to this one because I feel like they perfectly said, okay, listen, you know, this, the, the issue of what this whole franchise is about doesn't have to just exist for Sydney Prescott. Like her life was wrapped up in the story, but they did a really good job of getting new kids and wrapping their life up in a new story that's close enough. So she doesn't need to be there anymore. Like this is now about the something completely different basically and i feel really good about that because i like that different thing it's a cool idea sydney doesn't need to be here this is about billy's lineage now and i'm okay with that yeah same so yeah i just had to get your thoughts on that too real quick but um thank you yeah thanks for the breaking news (laughs) of course uh and yeah speaking of bruckheimer and and the top gun stuff i think uh, it's the perfect transition into our film today let's do it Today, we're talking about the 1997 film Con Air, the Bruckheimer production starring Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, and John Malkovich, plus a zillion other powerhouse actors that we'll absolutely touch on later. Um, If you haven't seen it and you're insane, it's about a very decorated soldier that gets convicted of murder after a bar fight who is finally about to be released from prison only to have a group of cons hijack the prison transport plane he's on and he's got to do the right thing so he sees it through um (laughs) tell me about your relationship to this movie you know what do you love what do you hate are you a fan uh yeah i i absolutely love this one i mean like i think it's best (laughs) summed up in uh the 
a unbearable weight movie that came out this year when uh <sighs> so the, true. The, the line where there was something about like you know crudes too have you seen nick cage and crudes too and he's like i'm a fucking man okay i know nicholas cage from con air <laughs> face off <laughs> And yes, uh, that is basically yes. my relationship to not only like, you know, Nicolas Cage, but just like, yeah, the Bruckheimer. This is more my speed, I guess, in terms of the Bruckheimer, mm. you know, movie, because it's like, you know, these guys like on record did tons of blow in the 80s and had and like they greenlit everything <laughs> and sometimes. Thank it, God. It, it, yeah, sometimes it, it not not as successful for me, but like with you could just tell this premise was just like all right bad guys on a plane <laughs> like it's it is just one of those like <laughs> hollywood <laughs> just like out of your mind concepts yep. that like you know like boom put it put it on the whiteboard and everyone in the room like hell yeah and then we'll, th- it'll allow us to get all of these massive actors to play cons uh, and you know, it, I like that in this one, you know, it's a lot more self-aware than say something like the first Top Gun is, you know, it's like where every, they, totally. everything's super serious, super straight. Like Malkovich is just chewing on yep. all of those fucking lines. Uh, and so is Buscemi as, uh, you know, the, basically the Hannibal Lecter of this story. So <laughs> yep. I, I, I really yep. like that. And, um, you know, the IQ sack is doing great where we'll get into all the performances too. But yeah, just the fact that, you know, Cameron Poe as this kind of hero archetype with the Jesus mullet, and he basically is the Jesus oh. of this story. Uh, it's, it, yep. it, it's just, it's so ridiculous and over the top that, you know, if you, we can, we're going to get into like our plot holes and questions and stuff like that, that they're really just, uh, you know, who cares? That's that's how I feel about it in a movie like this, where it's just like you can there's so many. If you really want to go down that rabbit hole, yes, there is there's a dozen things that really don't make sense about this movie, but also there's a plane, <laughs> also there's a plane of cons that crashes into the Vegas strip. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah, this one sometimes I, I like think we my can all fast agree. food. You know what I mean? Sometimes I like my fast food rather than a healthy meal. So that's what this movie is for me. <laughs> it's a great, yes, that's perfect. Perfectly sums it up. It we we can all subscribe to the fact that this is a total fantasy and wish fulfillment at its best, testosterone-fueled madness. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I I loved it when I was a kid. I feel like I revisit it all the time because for as many things that are so memorable in this movie, there are so many parts I forget. And then I'm overjoyed with when we return, you know, like Nicolas Cage having an accent. I always forget he has the worst Southern accent of all time. And then I'm reminded and I just get to enjoy all of it. It It's so over the top and trying to be like edgy and cool and it's just a it's like a proper 90s movie with a really rich score and an original song that gets nominated for an oscar that is so out of place and just insane explosions like everything about this movie is of a time i'm so sad is no longer here for movies because this movie is probably a kind of expense they'd never pay for today but i'm so glad that they did all that coke and greenlit it and paid for it They truly do not make them like this anymore. You know, like it's I don't think this would ever get greenlit nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's a, you you gotta like yeah, 80s not for and 90s. like 
it would have to be like a Transformers movie or something. You know what I mean? That's the type of stuff. But you know what I was thinking of, actually, when I was thinking of like, what's mm. the last movie that had this type of energy is Ambulance. I was like, this feels like something that would make, you know, would be made in the 80s and 90s. And it has that same kind of like pulsating action that lasts for so true um, two hours you know even though it's two hours uh it, you know <laughs> they, they tack on the extra 30 minutes of action it is like all action for that extra time you know what i mean like <laughs> so good yeah so, i mean uh, and yeah. that's the thing michael bay he's holding it down he makes a movie like that and i hope that somebody picks that model up and keeps going with it because this movie is priceless you know like to to get back to those questions and plot holes. Yes. Why is his name Cameron Poe? That's such a soft sounding, not action guys name at all. And I love it. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what I a think? Weird you know what I think it was, it was probably like, uh, trying to get that Southern, you know, affectation of like, this guy's like Huck Finn, Cameron Poe. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's probably right. It's You're- some kind of southern, you know, uh, do-gooder. That's that's kind of the vibe I was yeah. thinking of, like what they wanted to to get with Cam. But I I do agree, Cameron Poe is still like I always forget his name is Cameron Poe in this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they always call him Cameron Poe. They yeah. like don't really ever call him Cameron or just Poe. Uh, They're like, and Cameron Poe's on board. Like they well, just doesn't, keep um, full naming it. It's I like so good. When, uh, a lot of the the cons when they're up in the air keep calling them hillbilly. That's I I, I love that. <laughs> yes, and I love that you pointed out his Jesus mullet because yeah. he is the savior of this plane, and that's exactly what his hair looks like. Like, it, what a good call! <laughs> I mean, when uh, he steps out of the bus when he thinks he's about to be home with his his wife and his daughter, and he kind of just like breathes in the air. He, like it, it reminded me so much of like. When he first appears in Face Off, which in the research, this came out the same year as Face Off. Incredible run for my guy, Nick Cage, uh, that he had oh. with those, those two movies come out the same year. But when he, he's the first scene in Face Off with the, you know, singing with the choir and it's just like, oh, like, y- you know, the tone of the film based on what Nick Cage does in the first scene, I feel like. So that was like, you know, him like he's breathing in the air. He's got the the wind flowing in the in the Jesus locks and you're like oh, okay the, uh, you, you know this guy <laughs> this guy wants to get home to his, to his family you know that's what it's, what it's all about but uh he has multiple times to yeah, do that, but he can't he can't leave a man behind he's just you know <laughs> no i mean that first. is my other <laughs> that that's my other qualm is like, I feel like there are several opportunities for the actor who played Bubba in Forrest Gump. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but his last name is Williamson. Again, he's just placed in this film to raise the stakes and die. And, or I guess maybe he doesn't die. He does survive. Yeah. Yeah, They they put him in the the ambulance at the end. There we go. There we go. But like he definitely could have got off the plane. I feel like several times to like be saved sooner, but they just kept being like, no, we can't move him. Keep him on the plane, (laughs) which I just didn't think was right. I didn't think that was right. Well, I I do like (laughs) they do get around that the first time because, uh, when the the uh, the escape like not not the escapees but the people that have to get off of the plane they they say like oh they're all white they're expecting three white guys so that you know that eliminates you sit back down and it's like okay so that was one way of 
he cannot leave the plane. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, that's I, true. I, I mean, know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they definitely like, that's one of those things where I love about this movie that it, follows the protocol of like an action story so it kind of needs to have this little secondary thing that's raising the stakes for for poe here and i do appreciate that like paint by number style they're like there's just some easy excuse for why this thing cannot be solved so that it has to show up later because we definitely need it to show up later when after he was diabetic the entire time and like at death's door, then he has to get shot too. Not cool, guys. Not cool. I forgot about the, sh- the yeah, getting shot part. But I was going to say, too, that like anytime a character is introduced at di- as diabetic in a movie, you can just assume that there there's going to be a whole thing about them having to get their insulin at some point. <laughs> like There's like no yes. other reason for it's It's such a plot device now that... No, uh, I'm trying to think what movie recently. Oh, uh, Panic Room. Uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart in that is diabetic oh, as well. So good. <laughs> and it's like she does as, a great diabetic she does, too. She really does. But like at the beginning of the film, as soon as like you know, uh, who was it? Jodie Foster is uh, you know talking about like you know, do you have all of your medicine or whatever? It's like, oh, here we okay, here we go. <laughs> That's right. I know where this That's is right. going. I know where this is going. Um, so. Yeah, I mean... Exactly, the tropes are there, but who cares? They're so good. I know, and then it's kind of sweet, too, that Nick Cage, like, goes through, like, hell and back just to, like, save his best friend. You know, it's... it's, (laughs) There's definitely some romance going on there, too, where it's like, you know, I can't leave a man behind, and, you know, he's he's with him the whole step of the way. He has a chance to get off the plane, but he's like, you know what, I changed my mind, I want to stay, I got to make sure my guy, you know, makes it. Yeah, so... Yep. He's a good man. He's also got to protect the female cop from the yep. terrifying Danny Trejo character. <laughs> yeah. Johnny 23. Um, yeah. Johnny 23. Oh, man. He is so scary. In yeah, this he shit. is. So scary. Um, but yeah, before we get into the filmmaking and performances, what, what trips you up in this? Where are your plot holes? Yeah. I mean, just the beginning like montage of him going to jail is just so ridiculous like just yeah him, it is. in in five minutes you get him coming back home from you know being a ranger an army ranger he uh <laughs> he gets one scene with his wife and then like the most stere- like stereotype you know drunk guy in a bar being like oh yeah i love the way your wife looks like it just <laughs> And you know where this is going. And then like the most dramatic in the rain, Nick Cage punches it, <laughs> nose punches him so and kills good. him. And you're like, oh right? shit. And then immediately the judge, you're a, a registered weapon. You're going to do 10 years, like 10 years minimum. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this, it, it just, it, you, you have no time to orient yourself in this, but like you're immediately off to the races. <laughs> like, <laughs> the first yes. yeah because it's uh, a fucking montage it's yeah. a full-on montage to show that he is a decorated soldier yeah. and everything that like act one is a montage so they can do act two for yeah. the full like first hour and 10 minutes it's hilarious. it's kind of like it reminded me of speaking of face-off like when <laughs> when at the beginning so of good. the movie uh nick cage kills travolta's kid i want to say right yeah yeah he does it's like god damn these movies these 90s action movies with nick cage wasted no time at all like (laughs) 
Uh, they grab you by the throat at minute yeah. one, and yeah. then they're just on on a roll till the end. But yeah, it that that's a that's a good one because I always forget about that part because it's so hard to remember. It's like in the blink of an eye. <laughs> it really is it's so so fast, and I would recommend two of like the best how did this get made podcast episodes of all time are face off and con air there. It's just so funny. If you want to, you want, yeah. <laughs> Those They're are two of the best movies to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I really, I, they talk about a lot of stuff. I feel like we're going to touch on too. Uh, another thing I always like too, is like how all of the criminals have nicknames, like they're famous wrestlers. I'm like, are, con, yeah. are cons like famous? Like, I don't believe like, Cons just know, know about have, other like, cons. <laughs> I mean, in um, in uh, uh, like LA Confidential, I remember yeah. that they like have all these names for like street names and stuff in the files. So right. I'm assuming that that's them like having fun with it. But the nicknames they're using, they're so campy. Cyrus I, I, the virus that is the best. Abo. <laughs> Sally can't dance. Pinball Parker. Here's just a few. Oh. <laughs> So good. Swamp so thing. good. So much good writing. Good, yeah. good writing. But it just makes me laugh where it's just like, it would be like, you know, the equivalent of someone like going like, oh, the Undertaker. Like that's what it reminded me of. Like, oh, you're the Undertaker. <laughs> yes. It's like that's how they treat it. Like, oh yeah, I've heard about you. I've seen, like it's like really and they like get the musical intro just yeah. like a wwe fight yeah. too where like the score is like <laughs> and you're like whoa yeah. whoa this guy's serious yeah the score the score definitely they they utilize the score too to, to set that tone uh all the time with with these character introductions so good um, and the last one i have real quick is just that you know, there's kind of this debate, uh, you know, which Nicolas Cage said, like, was the reason he took on the role was about, like, you know, rehabilitating criminals. And, like, that's what he took away from it, <laughs> which is oh hilarious. God. But I think the, the whole yeah, so debate about, like, not shooting down the plane or whatever. And, like, this man has I feel like in real life, the plane would have been shot down realistically. Like, I don't think there's any chance. Yeah, it was like because because of the fact of it's that you know moral you know quandary of like do we we blow up this plane or we have it go on the vegas strip and kill hundreds of civilians you know what i mean which i'm, I'm all, a really important I'm question all, i'm all for the criminal rehabilitation part of uh, mr cage but I, I don't know i i feel like uh saving these civilians i i kind of see the point of what he was trying with uh colmini was was saying about you know like we have totally. this chance to yeah. save these people and save countless and they never they never mentioned how many people died in that plane crash, but it was a pretty huge crash on the Vegas Strip. So, <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah, guess I like a lot that this more movie... than the plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I like that this movie decided to tackle that kind of moral and ethical debate because why? <laughs> why? But that's Nick Cage right. for you. I feel like Nick Cage is exactly like the character he played yeah. <laughs> in Massive Talent, and I feel like that him that being the quote that he has for t for doing yeah. this movie that totally tracks. Checks out. <laughs> I feel like John Cusack had something to do with that too because he strikes me as one of those actors as well that like 
needs something mm-hmm. more from a script. And just from what I've read that he did not have a good time making this movie and he's not proud of this movie, uh, which kind of makes me oh, sad. Wow. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, that was some of his input maybe that, you know, I want, I want my character to be just on a moral high ground as Nick Cage and have his own kind of arc. <laughs> arc in the movie uh in trying to get yeah, his I mean, home to his family so yeah 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 they're basically avatars for one another they are the good and evil but like the you know the or i guess like the misunderstood and the good on both sides so there's something pretty funny about how they are both actors that need to like believe something like that instead of just going in and blowing everything up <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's the those are like the the real big ones. Like you can get into like a lot of other like other technical ones about the plane stuff and you know just how easy it yeah, is for them to hijack a plane and switch planes and all that stuff. But you know, that's not fun. <laughs> that's not any fun. Nobody nobody comes to this podcast that's not to hear that type for. of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So let's talk about uh, the filmmaking and some of the performances, because there's a ton we could talk about in this movie. So uh, I guess first and foremost, just that like the writer, Scott Rosenberg, did another Nick Cage vehicle, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, High Hell Fidelity, yeah. Another John Cusack. Um, and That's the, and right. the, the new Jumanji's, which are some other recent action movies that I really like as well. And then the yes, director. and a classic '90s one, uh, mm-hmm. disturbing behavior, a Katie Holmes vehicle. I just oh, needed to throw in I, there because it's such a funny '90s movie. Yeah. So. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. So good to know. Oh, good to know. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> and uh, you know, Simon West, the director, uh, British guy, did General's Daughter, the '90s Tomb Raider, and uh, Expendables too. So all over the place in terms of these like action. <laughs> these action yeah. Movies, if the but... studio brings it to him. I feel yeah. like he's down, right? He seems right. like he shows up to work like a company man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, what, where do you want to start with this cast? I mean, you, we, <laughs> we there's so I, many. I feel like it's, <laughs> Yeah, we we've definitely tapped a lot of a lot of the people already. Like you mentioned Buscemi and we talked about Scary Trejo and I feel like, you know, the the other people to recognize here are obviously Ving Rhames and Dave Chappelle. Like they're mm-hmm. both 90s heydaying it where Ving is everywhere like being really fun and also intimidating and mm-hmm. Chappelle is like way more fun and Oh yeah like having a good time. I I love seeing him in this because I just like miss when he was this kind of persona and like, you know, who, however he is today, like I don't care about it because it's too complicated for me. But when he's like a sweet idiot in the nineties, it's the best. Right. He's so good in this too. So funny. I know like, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to say that, but in like whatever. And he's canceled now. I wish I could love him forever, but he's so so different than, than I I remember him being in in the 90s when he's like him in here is so perfect too because this movie's in a time capsule it has everybody that is important to the 90s in it true but i was just gonna say that like i mean he would be canceled for this role today like he's doing wounded knee jokes and (laughs) (laughs) and like all these stereotypes of you know native americans and and a lot of it i guess improvised by Chappelle at the time from what i I was reading and so it's like you know 
even even so in the 90s you know i i feel like you know some people could watch this nowadays and be like oh man that you can't get away with this or this is not right or whatever but it's like they my whole thing is like they're playing cons they're not good people yep uh, That's right. <laughs> this type of stereotypes, these type of stereotypes where uh, you go to go to a prison. I'm sure they're all there. You know. <laughs> so, that's right. That's uh, right. It makes sense for the role, and that that's really all I care about. And yeah, I I feel like Chappelle too. Like what you're saying, like in the '90s, you needed a you needed a, a comic relief character. Chappelle was like your guy. So like I, I definitely <sighs> so good. He brings it. he brings some like much needed levity uh to it uh i also i like you know you talk about ving rames same thing too about just like the politics of him being like a black militant (laughs) yeah (laughs) i always forget about that too because i always remember him just like being funny you know he he's always funny to me so even when he's playing like this bad guy in this movie i'm like i still love it he's my favorite you know some funny like the the part where uh he grabs the shades from uh (laughs) from the gay guy and he's like those are mine he's yes. like not not anymore <laughs> yes he's got so he's got he's so good in great this. moments uh that, that i enjoy and then the 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 scene where he's like letting steve buscemi out of the his like cage and he's like scared yes. of him i always have like oh man like it's just so the the visual of this guy that's like three times steve buscemi size and just like <laughs> Trying very and being carefully. scared of Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, yeah, it's oh my god, hilarious. And he he's also like very unsettling and just. I mean, the scene with the little girl just to this day, so like good. I know what happens. I know what happens. I know like 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 she's fine or whatever. But like, still, it like makes the my hair. stomach turn. <laughs> it's just like, every oh time. God, yeah, the hair on the back of my so neck. Creepy. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is so insane in terms of having so many really talented actors playing these terrible people in a way that is so memorable, even though they're not the star. Because even though, you know, Malkovich is is the main villain here, even he is doing something where, like, if you just throw in someone who's not an incredibly talented actor, it just comes across, like, campy. And right. he figures out a way to, like, make it terrifying. Like... I feel like he is playing like a real guy in this movie. Yeah. He's almost like, like I, yeah, it's such a good point. Like he's underplaying it. Like someone could get into that Hannibal Lecter, you know, role and just like completely go over the, t- like, yeah, like you're saying, like over the top yep. and or whatever. And I think his choice to kind of undercut and underplay everything uh, makes it way more terrifying than it has any right to be, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Uh, when he's when the yeah, plane's seriously. going down and he's singing like we got the whole world the whole world in his hands it's like man this guy really is insane like just and the fact yeah. he makes it out alive i always am like forget mm-hmm. about that too and it's like what are they trying to say why does he get a redemption arc isn't this guy like a multiple serial killer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's the best it's baffling it's baffling that he gets a a happy ending in this movie everyone else it's like so 90s it's like they're very clear like oh trejo's a rapist he gets brutally death death in the plane uh cyrus the virus gets killed three times over it's like all these guys (laughs) that are just like yeah like fuck these criminals you know Chappelle gets dropped from the plane and then it's like Buscemi who's like the worst of the worst everyone says and he's at the end playing like roulette (laughs) 
it's the best. It's, it's so strange. Why I love yeah movies in the '90s because they are they're full on fantasy, and I think they knew that, and I like that about them. Right, and that is the difference between sort of the line that Top Gun is walking, where it's taking itself seriously, and a movie like Con Air totally understands, which is like we're going to take these stunts really seriously. We're going to take everything that we're going to try to portray here seriously, but we know that it's fake. We know it's a fantasy. We're not going to try to act like this is existing in any reality any of us live in. And I really appreciate that about it because it's just a crazy adventure. And, you know, because we have to kind of get moving into stunts and kills, it was so hard to pick just one. It feels like every scene there's an amazing stunt and an amazing kill. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What stunt, uh, if you got to pick, what's your number one stunt? So this one was a little more easier, I, I would say, than the kill one, um, because okay. I think it has to be the Vegas strip scene. Like, not only does it look incredible to this day, mm-hmm. um, I think before I even saw this movie, I had the visual of the plane, you know, going into the Vegas strip in my head, like from the trailer oh. or just from like it, it, it is an action real moment that like they definitely showed yep. off a lot in the promotion and in the years since making this movie that like, Hey, like we did an amazing. And um, there wasn't a lot of special features on the Blu-ray, unfortunately, but one of the ones that they did have mm. was how they made that possible. And it was a blend of miniatures, real life explosions and cars getting, you know, uh, blown up and, and crashed into and also CGI and digital replacements and stuff like that, which again, we always talk about is the way to go because like I said, it looks, it looks great. Um, you get that production value and just, you know, having been to Vegas, uh, you know, a couple of times in my life, you know, just seeing the, the hard rock get, you know, the crust in half, it's just, it's something that feels so real to me. And like, you know, what would, what would your reaction be? It's like something like so, uh, so terrifying, but like if they make it so realistic in how they, they filmed it. So uh, that, that's, that's my favorite. Uh, What about you? Totally, totally. I mean, I had such a hard time picking between everything that happens in the Vegas sequence and then also the plane junkyard. And so I'll go plane junkyard because to culminate in them. Number two. So yeah, that's that's probably yeah. Okay. It's just it's like a huge chunk of the story that they're there. Like I, I almost always forget that there's even the Vegas sequence happening because they're at the junkyard for so long and so much happens there. Yeah, but I love the culmination ending in uh, the Dick cops car getting hooked to the plane that they take off in, and a plane just like fly uh, the plane flying yeah. off with the what's car his, hanging uh, off of what's it. What's his it's license like, plate again? It's like yes. as kicker, as kicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, yeah, he's such a prick. That guy, yeah, Cole Meany. I mean, shout out to him. He that he is yes. such a good prick to, that you love to hate. And you know, that's mm-hmm. another thing in these action movies. I feel like that happens a lot. Is like uh, just the hierarchy of you know police and different you know the DEA versus the FBI and who has jurisdiction. Yes. And so I love that <laughs> that trope from the eighties. You know, is still lasted. Yep. 10, 15 years after uh, into this movie. And uh, I think it does give Cusack some like some more to do. You know what I mean? That that he has some. Of this, like, yeah. He also has he's not just dealing with the bad guys. He's dealing with people like on the same side of him where he's they're not on the same gear. You know what I mean? 
treated like he's trying to help yes. them out and they're just like it's a it's a dick measuring contest which i mean let's be fair that happens a lot with guys it's just you know like the I mean? cons so it's, it's, yeah, real life. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, the reverse is happening with the cons where yeah. Nicolas Cage is like, guys, we should all be on the same side, but we're not on the same right. side. Exactly. And it's amazing that, uh, you know, the that they're able to to basically have that many stunts in this movie and still bring it home in the end. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to move into the kills, like you said, this was a lot harder (laughs) to pick between (laughs) because there's way too many good ones. But yeah, like what, uh, a lot of deaths. What's your, what's the kill that you had that you picked? So as much as I love the Malkovich death at the end, that it's like four so times that he dies, you know, and like I always get to <laughs> that, like I, I'm always like, oh, the bridge is when he dies, you know, like because he gets slammed to a bridge and like realistically, that's when he would have died. But then, no, we need we need an even more insane kill where he gets uh, impaled, you know, like his his head impaled. <laughs> Yep, so, electrocuted on some wires on his way there. I forgot. You see, it, it just, it's like, uh, it's like w- romancing the stone, you know, when the guy, the villain at the end gets killed four times. It's like they love to do that. <laughs> and uh, so I, I so love good. the just the ridiculousness of that. But I, I also like uh, Chappelle's death just because the it's it's played it's for com- i think equally it's played for comedy where you get the dad uh the general dad from uh twin peaks uh in the car yep. and he's like you know cleaning cleaning the windshield like oh man like <laughs> it's like such a <laughs> so good. and then Chappelle just completely destroys that car like uh from the sky and i also think too like just how it works within the story of uh you know cage having to write the note on him and get that Mm-hmm. Cusack. I, I like that part of it where he's trying, he's like working on the inside to try and, you know, not, not only be like, Hey, yeah. I'm one of, I'm one of the good guys, you know, here. Uh, so I'm on your side. So, uh, but yeah, what about you? Totally, totally. I love, I love everything that you said there too. It was really hard to, it was really hard to pick because those are so good, but I really like the, uh, when they burn the dude in the plane graveyard, who was like the traitor and they just like torch that dude right up. It looks mm. so real. Like whatever they burned yeah. <laughs> looks real gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I definitely like that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like there, there are so many good kills in this because every squib that explodes is like a full on massive explosion you know there's no small death in this entire thing i was thinking so too like i think this time i noticed so the guy the dea guy who has the gun who brings the gun on board i think when he gets Mm -hmm. shot i'm pretty sure it's a it's a stunt double with a squid because if you look at that i had to rewind it back because he uh when he gets shot Mm -hmm. it's they cut away from a different angle like a low angle so you don't really see his face and then it cuts back to yep. him on the floor reacting like dying and i was like oh yeah that squib that squib was probably like so huge he was like nah you can you can bring the stunt guy in here. <laughs> i'm not trying to get, seriously i'm not trying to take that huge squib to the chest like which i don't those things from what i've heard like hurt so i'm I, you know i don't blame yeah. anybody for that so it's like it's a mini explosion I mean, on your body we- yeah <laughs> Yes, I was gonna say there's a reason why no one does them anymore. And that is like for better and worse, like, you know, the ones in this movie are way over the top, but a well placed one really is shocking. So I appreciate I I appreciated all the kills. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Nice. So yeah, real quick, just a couple of the special features here, and then we can get out of here. I already went through some of these, 
But yeah, so it was nominated for two Oscars. Uh, for you mentioned Let's uh, go. the best song "How Do I Live" by Diane Warren, <laughs> uh, which did not win, so good. Uh, and best sound, which I don't think they, they didn't win either. But you know, still nominated. That's cool. You still still, still got getting the honor. Uh, blockbusters uh, recognized, which I always like to see. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned. Um, you know some of the people being unhappy about the the set uh on set uh don malkovich was mm-hmm. another another one that uh like cusack was not very happy during the production because i guess the script was being rewritten every day and uh he had no oh, idea shit. how his character was going to turn out <laughs> so <laughs> not wow. sure not sure how he feels about the end result but i mean i i I, I no wonder they killed him three ways. I bet that it. all three were like different iterations <laughs> that he was like, yeah. I don't want to pick. So <laughs> I'm going to do all three. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Okay. Uh, the film is dedicated to Phil Schwartz, an effects specialist who died during filming when a rigged plane fell and crashed, crushed him. Uh, this is the second, second Bruckheimer production when there was a plane related accident. Uh, 11 years oh, earlier, shit. a pilot cameraman died on Top Gun. I don't know if I mentioned that last week, but I did see that in the research. No. Uh, so, oh, shit. Yeah. So these, I mean, when they did these practical stuff, like it's, it's dangerous. Like when you're dealing Fuck. with real explosions, real vehicles getting, you know, crashed into, like it's definitely a hazard. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy wild, shit. Wild stuff. Uh, <laughs> wild know. and awesome. You know, thank you yeah. for your service and work, guys. Exactly. Holy shit. It lives on. Dedication. Yeah. Uh, the That's Las right. Vegas scenes were filmed at the legendary Sands Hotel prior to the demolition in 96. Uh, when the production Smart. heard about the city's intention to raise the landmark, they immediately scheduled multiple cameras to take advantage, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, very smart. And, uh, oh, so smart. Uh, yes, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Cusack considers Con Air a bad movie and hated the time he spent working on it so much that he barely remembers uh, it. He only did it because of the money and to use it as leverage to make his own indie passion projects. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like Cusack, was, all right. you know, that that's the type of uh, energy he was on at the time. <laughs> so, but that's all right. That's all right. Because that yeah. energy worked here, right? We like did need a character like Cusack to exist in this space. So for yeah. whatever reason uh, he did, it doesn't matter. It worked out for us, the fan. Exactly. Um, Nicholas Cage traveled to Alabama to work on his accent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Didn't Alabama. do much good. <laughs> I will say though it is consistently bad. Like if you want, to, like, yes, that's it, it, true. Some people, some people forget about the accent. Like no, he's a hundred percent has the accent, even though Every he commits time. to the accent, and you know, put the bunny back in the box. I mean, that's gonna look. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> oh, it should as it should yeah. as it should because at least hey, he's consistent. That's a put the good bunny point. Back in the box. <laughs> you know, like a Forrest Gump. Thing Told you I'd be getting that picture back. Yeah, yeah, it's too. <laughs> It's too it's it's too ridiculous to remember, but it's the best thing to be reminded of when you rewatch this. Yeah, uh, a couple more, a couple more, real quick. Uh, according to Danny Trejo, Trejo, there was a lot of you know testosterone fueled tough guy competition uh, in almost everything on the set. For example, one guy would spit on the floor; the others would have to spit even farther. You know that type of. 
you know, energy that we talked about, like during Predator with all those like jacked up dudes on the yes. set. I mean, you, you can't get those those amount of, you know, buff dudes on set together that working out all the time and not have that type of shit happen. I feel like so. <laughs> Hazard That's of the a job. very good point. Yeah. yeah, especially the vibe of this set, you know, like the world these guys were living in. It was going to be gruff. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it works for the, you know, for the tone of the movie, I feel like. Um two two other actors that auditioned for the part of Cyrus, which I think would have equally Ooh. worked uh in their own way, Willem Dafoe and Mickey Rourke. Uh yes. Uh, I think I think those would have been 100. two two other two other fine choices uh if if John Malkovich uh, didn't didn't have the part, uh, but I, I do love uh, you know Malkovich. I think he's the best choice. Deliver- yeah, I do too. You know, with the, I mean, Sayonara, another one where it's Sayonara <laughs> burns him up. Oh god, so good. He's the best. Um, yes, yeah, he really is so so good, and I'm so glad that he's here, and I'm so grateful everybody is in this movie because ah, uh, it's just such a great rewatch. Can't wait yeah. for the next anniversary so I can come back again. Oh, I'm so glad we did this movie. Me too. And and last one, the body count on this movie is 43. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We should be keeping a tally. We right? need to go back and keep a tally from all the movies we've done so we can just keep like a running list going because 43, yeah. that's pretty good. All right. All right. We had one recently. Um, okay. I can't remember which one yeah. where we had a we had a, it was a it was a lot more. It was like 80. Something. Oh, the raid yeah. probably. Right. Oh, yeah. The raid did have a lot. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely that's probably the winner in in all instances. All categories. But yeah. yeah, we'll keep track. We'll keep track. Right, right. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, cool. That uh, about wraps it up for us. Let's get our plugs and get out of here. Remind the people where they can find you. Yeah, follow the show here at Action Movie Buffs on Instagram, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit, and uh, our movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, make sure you. Uh, rate us rate us on on uh, apple and spotify that that helps out with the show a lot please so five stars five stars five yeah stars. Now, what about Yay, you? yes yes um you can find me on instagram twitter and facebook at shani b movies and if you came late to this live show you can find this episode of movie buffs on spotify and apple Podcasts this friday and lastly if you love streaming content uh later tonight on stream queens i'm going to be reviewing the new amazon original movie emergency which is intense so i'm excited for that cool um all right Thanks again for listening. We hope to catch you next time on another edition of Movie Buffs. Mm-hmm.